Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kona Ferry. He is a schedule analyst with Community Transit, and he has got a really cool story about how he got here. So Kona, I am stoked to talk with you. How are you doing over there? Thanks, Kira. I'm doing fantastic. I'm very excited to talk with you, too. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Welcome to the show. Okay, so here's my first question. You are a schedule analyst with Community Transit. Does that mean when I'm stuck in traffic, you're the guy I'm mad at? <laughs> yes, please send me an email personally. Um, I'll give it to you after the show. <laughs> okay, dear, dear Kona, currently stuck on I five. <laughs> <laughs> just not while you're just not while you're uh, operating a vehicle. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, can can you just start by telling us a little bit about about what it is exactly that you do? Because I think this is a field that we know exists, but I don't know that m- many of us give much thought to it. So, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Yeah, I like the way you frame that. We essentially take transportation as a given in our day-to-day lives. You know, we just go places and without really thinking about the things that go into it. But the reality is there's a lot. And with public transportation specifically, you know, we have to think about all the factors that might affect a bus getting from point A to point B in the time that we say that it's going to take. So there's a lot of moving pieces to that. You know, there's human factors of our operators. There's just fluke accidents that happen with vehicle collisions or whatnot. So there's a lot of different things that we uh, have to take in when we try and build a really robust schedule. And so my team is really the root of thinking about those things. So we look at what our vehicles have done in the past. We look at um, other sources of data, like from the State Department of Transportation, and we try and coordinate our schedules with other agencies to really do our best to make sure that you as a passenger are going to be able to get from point A to point B in roughly the amount of time we say it's going to take. Uh, your I-5 example is a little little hard to plan for, especially these days, but we do our <laughs> best. <laughs> I'm always so amazed when you look at a bus schedule and it's like, you know, the bus will be there at 9.07. It's like, how do they know that? (laughs) (laughs) It's all statistics. It's all statistics. Right. Okay. So I know that you did not come into this field in a sort of quote unquote traditional way. And I think that's really important for both our parents and our students to hear because we kind of often think there's like this one path that students have to take towards success. And you have such an interesting story. So can you tell us just a little bit about how you ended up here? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's no one path for anything in any field. It's all a big squiggly line that somehow comes out the other end. For me, when I started at the University of Washington, I thought that I was going into aeronautical and astronautical engineering and did not get there, let's say. (laughs) (laughs) When I was at UW, you know, I was very interested in this urban environment in Seattle. You know, I'm from Marysville, which is a very different built environment compared to Seattle. And that difference really struck me. And so that's when I just became curious about what that was, you know, what tangibly makes this feel different. And so that's when I learned that urban planning is a field. That's, you know, people actually sit down and think about these things and they get paid for it. And as I got more into exploring what that meant, that's how I learned about public transit. And that's just really what captured my attention because it's really a fascinating logistics problem. And so while I was 
at the university as a student, I became interested in teaching myself more about this. You know, I found a fantastic academic program that really allowed me to explore and focus on what I want to focus on. And that led to me learning about transit data and transit scheduling as a way to really understand how this all works. And so to do that, I ended up teaching myself how to code. I wrote this whole application. It's called Pantograph. And that ended up getting a lot more interest in it than I was expecting. The week it was released, I did a number of media interviews. There was a Seattle Times article. It was a whole thing. But through that, I first and foremost learned that you know people are really interested in this. There's a desire to be able to plan trips and get on a bus reliably and more effectively. But that also gave me an opportunity to build skills outside of an academic or professional work environment and learn about, you know, okay, what is vehicle blocking? What do we do to prevent delays cascading down from one trip to another? And, and so by doing that, I was able to very directly translate that into the career path that I'm on. Wow, that's amazing. So basically, because you were interested in it, and were willing to kind of put in the time to learn and grow and develop these skills, you took yourself in this direction without necessarily having a degree in this thing. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I love that. I love that because, like I said, I think we don't think along those lines that mastery is really around how much we're willing to learn and how much practice we're willing to use and, you know, or engage in. And so I just think that's such a, an important message that, that you're able to share today. Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of places, that's, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for you to demonstrate an ability that you are capable of doing the work that is asked of you. And, you know, we think about that in terms of a degree or grades or whatnot, but there are plenty of other forms that that can take. Yeah, well said. So I'm curious, how you see the field itself transforming over the next decade, you know, as technology improves, as, you know, more and more people move here or move away, what should students know might be changing down the pipeline in a field like this? So I think locally, of course, the biggest change that we're seeing is simply growth. We know that this region in particular is going to grow tremendously in the next 10, 20 years. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we're, we're, look, we're talking millions of people. And that is going to have a tremendous impact on our built environment. And with that comes an impact on the way that we move around and get places. And so first and foremost, we're just going to need people that understand these things and are willing to put the work in to build a system that is really going to be effective and reliable and serve the community in the way that we need to as public servants. At the same time, there's a lot of interest in the technology side of transit right now. And there are companies out there that are bringing new things to the table every day in terms of real-time information on the buses that operators can use, that dispatchers can use, that riders can use to help make the service even more reliable by making adjustments on the fly or communicating service changes even sooner than when they actually happen. So I think on the technology side of things, there's just a lot of interest in all that. We haven't even touched on electric buses at this point, but of course, there's a lot of interest in that right now too. And that is a brand new technology that is a completely different skill set than anything we've talked about so far. You know, you really have to understand battery chemistry. You have to understand 
physics of electric motors and how all of that works. And those, those are whole other fields that I'm not even going to pretend to understand anything about. But we're going to need people thinking about those things and innovating in those areas. So I think that's there's a lot of different skill sets and lots of different fields that are represented in public transit and that are going to need even more representation in the future. And that's even more true here in Puget Sound. So I think that whether you're technology minded, whether you're mechanically minded, thinking about those opportunities for innovation are really important because right now that's what everybody else is thinking about. And that's what everybody else really wants to make progress in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If a student is interested in this field or they're thinking, wow, that sounds fascinating. I want to be I want to be involved in that. What are some things that they should be doing now? What are some things that they can be getting involved in or looking into to start to dip a toe into this field? Absolutely. There are lots of great internet resources out there. I'm big on transit Twitter. Um, there are whole entire wikis. Uh, the Canadian Public Transit Discussion Board comes to mind. Despite Canadian in the name, they're they're international. And you can find all these uh, really nerdy conversations, if we're being frank, about <laughs> how these different transit systems are operating, what's going on with their fleet, that kind of thing. The local news will usually have transportation reporters. Here, I'm in Everett's. We have the Everett Heralds. They have a transportation reporter. The Seattle Times has a couple of transportation reporters. They have a whole traffic lab, actually. Those are the places I would start, finding those uh, really niche internet communities that they exist for everything, but they certainly exist for transit too. Twitter and CB, CPTDB being the big ones and the local news people, because ultimately I love local news and uh, the local journalists really do a great job of really focusing on what's going on, what the political context is and really why things are happening, because that, that why question is always the important one. So I'd love to know what you love about your job. You know, if I'm a student or a parent listening to this show, who's the kid or the young adult that this job is right for? You know, what do they love? What are their interests? This is a good question. I feel like there are a couple of things. I like the scope of the problem, if you will, in that this is complicated work. There, it's a really big picture kind of thinking that's required in terms of, you know, if we want to adjust the schedule on a bus route by just five minutes, well, that's going to impact these three different bus routes that it connects to. And so if you adjust those, well, now those all connect to three different bus routes. And so it's, it's definitely a cascading effect by just changing one thing. So you really have to be able to see the trees and the forest at the same time and not lose sight of either of them, which is not always easy. <laughs> but I would say perhaps most importantly is that it's really an opportunity to do a lot of good in the community in a very tangible way. You know, public transit is really the backbone of our entire transportation system. A lot of people find it really easy to dismiss, you know, well, oh, I drive my car everywhere, so I don't care about what the bus does. And in reality, you still benefit from the bus too. You know, that is taking a number of cars off the road. So everybody's getting places faster. The environmental impacts are making your air easier to breathe and hopefully slowing climate change ever so slowly. So I think that's being aware of all of those factors, especially for our transit dependent people who are really the most vulnerable oftentimes when it comes to stability in their everyday lives. Because if the presence of a dependable and reliable bus that will get you from your house to your grocery store, from your house to your work, 
can be the difference between success and not in many cases. So I think that's this kind of work, what I appreciate every day about it is that it's really directly impacting members of the community in a very positive way. I love that. So it sounds like if you have an interest in a skill set or a desire to do data-driven work and critical thinking, and you've got a brain that's good at statistical analysis, that you can make this enormous difference in your community and be community impact focused while you kind of use all those skills that you bring to the table. Yes, very well put. I love that. Kona, thank you so much for joining us today and telling me a little bit about this amazing career that you have. It's so cool. I'm just so pleased to have chatted with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always love talking about buses. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you'll join us again and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.